Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Early Birds Podcast. It is Saturday, a little after 9 a.m., and we have a special guest today, Brody Robinson, D1 athlete, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for coming up here, just being part of this. Uh, This is a lot of fun, um, especially being able to talk to the youth, to the young men out there about the journey, what it's taken for you to get to this level. So, sir, if you could just tell our audience here who you are, what you stand for, and how you got in the position you're in. Well, first, thank you for having me, but... um, you know, my name is Brody Robinson, like you said. I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, I went to Houston Christian my senior year, and uh, I'm at University of Tennessee Chattanooga now. Played basketball there, just living good. And you're 19 years old, is that correct? Yes, sir, 19. 19 years old. Okay, so what I like to talk about on, on this show here, it's more about that mindset, that that grind, just being up early, dialing in, getting to that next level. So for you to be that D1 athlete that you are, to stepping up to the plate. There's got to be a lot that goes into that, right? Yes, sir, a ton. Walk me through just some of the disciplines that you have that maybe some other people out there don't have to deal with on a daily basis. I would just say just putting time in the gym over anything else. I would say, you know, late late nights, early mornings, um, you know, sometimes in college, now that I'm in college, you know, there's a lot of parties, a lot of distractions, but, you know, you always got to find – what you're supposed to do and your priorities, and that's what I do. So you talked about priorities, obviously, and for you, your priorities have probably changed already so much over your life. Now, something that happened to you was you weren't sure at the time, right, if you were going to get that shot at D1, which you already had a backup plan, right? You were going to go to the defenders. You were going to make it happen one way or another. It's that just not quit mentality. Yeah. You, You not quitting, right? You actually looking and going, no, no, no. Yes, I maybe I don't have offers right now, but who cares about that? It's about that next level. How do you teach your brain to actually think like that where you don't lose confidence, but instead you go, all right, that's fine. I didn't get it now. I'm going to blow through this door. I think it was really the people around me that helped me a lot, you know, just kept telling me that to keep working and I would be all right. And I believed them and I believed in myself and I always knew that I was capable of playing D1 and I knew the skill was always there, but I just needed the platform. That was the biggest thing. So talk about high school a little bit, right? Yeah. Not too far removed from high school. I'm sure you're one of the top athletes, if not the top athlete, <laughs> at your high school. Is that a fair statement to have? I would say so. Okay, that's a fair statement. So yeah. going through that, just talking to you a little bit prior to this, you're very humble, you know, and you don't have that attitude of like, oh, look at me, you know, I'm D1. But in high school, right, you're getting all that attention. You're playing multiple sports, which you mentioned, right? You're yeah. playing you're playing soccer, you're playing <laughs> basketball, you're playing football. You could have basically done whatever you wanted. How do you keep yourself at bay to where you're getting this extra attention, but you're like, okay, I got to make sure that I just stay even keel? I just know that's not the person I am. You know, my parents raised me right for sure, and it's just I'm always going to be the same guy whether it was D1 or not, you know. My whole high school career, I actually wasn't D1, so it actually happened. I got my offer after so, I mean, I was just humbled throughout high school no matter what, but I'm going to be the same person no matter what. Did, did you did you want that D1 in high school? Oh, yes, sir, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would love to walk around, you know, knowing that I'm D1 in high school. It was, it was a little bit of a stressful year for sure. And, and that's that, that stress, right? So with you coming into that school, right, every single day, people not knowing, because people look at you, right, and they're like, okay, wow, this is Brody, he's crushing it, he's playing three sports, four sports, whatever it is, he's doing great, he's really crushing life, but for you, in that, in the back of your head, obviously you want that D1, so you're, you're struggling a little bit where it's like, all right, 
I don't have it yet, but you still got to show up. You still got to put a smile on your face. What do people not know about that side of you when you weren't getting the D1 offers? What was happening to your mindset? How did you keep it so powerful? Well, I actually stopped playing all those sports at uh, the beginning of high school, mm. my freshman year. So, you know, I really wanted to focus on basketball because that was what I loved. And I knew that I, you know, I had an opportunity to be really good. But in the back of my mind, I knew that I could do these things. And I always told my friends what I was going to do. And my friends believed in me. My family believed in me. But I think what people didn't realize is that, like, I was super stressed out. Like, I was like, am I going to get this? What's going to happen? What's my future going to be? And I feel like them not knowing that but me acting like I knew kind of helped me. I, I love that you said that because that's exactly what it is. I didn't learn that till, till later in life. I'm first generation. My parents were born uh, overseas. Right. And there's just things that they weren't able to, to teach me. Not their fault, just didn't. Right. It took me a few years to understand that because it's like you're acting as if, right? I'm, I'm acting like I got this already. Yeah. But people don't know, right? I go home, I'm sitting down in my bed and I'm like, man, I want more, you know, yeah. I want more so bad. And yeah. I'm going to put in the work, by the way, don't just give me more. I don't, don't just give me nothing, right? right. I earn everything I have. How much of everything that you have, have you earned? Everything. And why is that so important to you? It's, it, it's everything to me, honestly, because, you know, I've, I mean, I've worked out so much my whole life and I feel like I'm already at a disadvantage to certain things, certain qualities. And, but I use those things to my advantage now. And I learned that, you know, growing up that I could do that. But, I mean, it's, it's everything. You, you know, growing up, you've seen a lot of different people in and out of your life, right? I'm sure people from wrong influences trying to get at right. you, obviously great influences. You have a great support team around you. But for you, you talked about it's everything, right? Earning it is everything. There are so many people out there, especially today, especially young men, especially young men. It's that victim mentality. Oh, I didn't get it because my coach hates me. I've heard that. That was me too in high school. I've done that before. Sorry, coach. You know, I know it wasn't you. I know it was me. I had to work harder. But that happens a lot where it's the victim mentality. How do you keep those people away from you? And you say, no, it's, it's not about being a victim, okay? I don't need that energy in my life. How do you keep them at bay and just ignore them? You know, honestly, I don't, I don't push those type of people away. Mm. I still keep them in the circle because I, I sort of feel like myself, it's good to have, you know, victims and people who believe in you. So I think it's it's very important to, you know, have a mixture of both. You know, my coach, Teddy Wheeler, who's a great coach, he was my high school coach, and he's also my trainer back home, he always tells me that someone has to be the hammer and someone has to be the nail always. And sometimes it'll be the nail and sometimes it'll be the hammer. So Hey, that's that's, <laughs> that's some really good advice. Right. So you like to keep those folks around you, but I you're do. you're you're leading the charges, right? So right. when they're when they're coming over there, you're the one that's like, Okay, this has gotta stop. Are you checking those people a lot that are in your life? How do you check them in a way to where it's like you're obviously being respectful, but you're also like, hey, man, you got to stop doing what you're doing. How do you keep them in line like that? I feel like just showing what I can do, like proving them wrong. I think proving people wrong is something I've done my whole life. So I like having those people around. So people who didn't believe in me and I can prove them wrong, I feel like it's like a like a stepstone for me. I, I mean, I love doing it. It's probably more satisfying than having the people believe in me prove them right. And you know what's crazy? You don't do it from a place of hate. No, I don't. I, I can don't. see that in you right now. So for me, you know, I, I used to do it from a place of hate. And right. I, I'll be real, you know, it's when I used to have people like when I dropped out of school and I used to have my friends like, you're, oh, you're dumb. What are you doing? It, that right. that made, I was okay. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'm dumb. Okay, cool. Watch me work 18 hours a day. Right. But I did it from the worst place possible where now I try to do everything from a place of love because I know what I'm capable of. I know that I'm able to lift people around me. How did you learn that? I mean, come on, that's crazy to me that you're already thinking like that as such a young man. 
I mean, it just comes from really the same people that were telling me I wasn't going to be D1 are now, you know, commenting on my Instagram posts, liking my stuff, you know, reposting everything. So it's like, you know, people people just like to follow trends and, you know, when see when they see other people saying I'm not going to be this and, you know, maybe they don't think it. That's that's okay if they don't think that. But me proving them wrong and now them being cool with me is something that, like, it stands out to me. You know, my mentor, uh, he taught me this because he's the one that helped me kick that bad habit where I was, like, just resentful to people that were, like, hating me. And I, whatever I posted, you know, like, when I bought a new car, for instance, and I, don't, I took everything down because I learned my lesson early. I'd buy a real nice car, and then I'd post that because I wanted people to see. But I did it. I didn't post from a place of love. I posted because I wanted my friends, my, my friends, hey, look, right? I'm the idiot, right? Look yeah. at this. Look at this car. And then he taught me. He said, listen to me, John. He said, you need to stop doing that. He said, you need to start working your life and living your life for people that want to see you win. They're the ones that deserve your energy, the people that want to see you win, not the people that want to see you lose. Don't spend your time putting your energy into those type of people. Put it into the ones that want to see you win. Right. And man, that changed my entire life because he's right. Why, why am I trying to do stuff for people that don't even want to see me succeed? I got to figure out those people that want to see me have a victory right. and get close to them there. So for you, walking in now, now you're playing in front of thousands and thousands of people. You got your shot, playing at the D1 level, coming into your sophomore year. We talked a little bit about it. What was that feeling like, playing point guard, getting on the court in front of all those fans at the D1 level? I don't think anything compares to it, honestly. I mean, it's like I really turned dreams into reality, you know, and it was something that I loved and, you know, I mean – like I, it's it's hard for me to even explain. Honestly, it really is. It's hard to put into words. But man, I, I just love it so much, and it's it's a feeling you can't explain until you're on the court. Why do you think some some people that go through this end up not being able to step up to that plate where you come up to that plate and you're swinging for the fences and you're hitting homers left and right? And even if you don't, you don't care because you're coming back up the next time around and you're gonna swing again. Why do you think a lot of other folks deal with that stress and then they end up collapsing and folding? What do you think happens to them? I feel like it's just a mentality. You know, having a killer mentality is something huge. I mean, you know, growing up, my dad was always a Kobe fan. And so I was a Kobe <laughs> fan. And uh, actually, when Kobe retired and you'd ask my dad who's his favorite NBA player, he would still say Kobe. So I feel like, you know, watching Kobe and I feel like I've just always had that that it factor, I guess to like never get nervous in the moment. And I've been there before, so I'm I mean, I'm not nervous in any moment. How do you how do you keep yourself at bay like that? Is it the preparation? Is it the focus? Knowing, is it just your mindset? Yeah, knowing it? I've been in the gym, knowing I've shot this shot thousands of times. I mean, the same things that I do in practice and late at night and early in the mornings I'm doing in the game, so it's nothing to be afraid of. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit. So your your average, like in terms of minutes, right, playing in high school, playing at the college right. level, call it 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, right, minute-wise. What people don't understand, the part that people want to skip, right, people love to see the the highlight reels. Right. People, we, we talk about it a lot now. It's a highlight culture right now, yeah, right? Yeah, it is for sure. It, it, big time, big time, which is, honestly, I think it's there's good and bad to it in terms of the sport because all you're seeing is the highlights. But what it does to a lot of young young people out there is when you're seeing the highlights, you think, oh, I can get there right away. Right. What they don't know is those early morning gym sessions. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What, what did, how long does it take? How many hours are you putting in for you to get out there on the court and actually perform? How many hours are you putting in prior to that? Like every day? Every single day. Man, I don't even know. Maybe like 
six hours a day every single day and that's six like hours. you know basketball shooting and also lifting you know i mean lifting is also a huge thing in basketball but that's something i've been working on myself but basketball wise i mean three work three workouts a day maybe even four sometimes you know, there, there's a stat that came out. They said to be like an expert at something, to be great at something, it requires basically 18 minutes a day for an entire year. You said six hours. Yeah. He said six hours a day that he has yeah. to put in just to make sure he gives his best for those, those 30, 40, 20, whatever minutes that he's getting, he's getting that opportunity. Six hours a day. Ask yourself that question. How many hours are you putting into practice before you go out there to do the real thing? I bet you'd be surprised that you're not doing as much as you need to do. This young man's doing six hours a day just to completely step his game up every single day. That's a testament to who you are as a human being. Right. And that's not easy to Thank do. You. That Thank discipline. You. Now, especially you, young man, out, out playing college now. You right. said the distractions coming your way, yeah. the partying, all the other stuff that comes along with college yep. life. Dad's here, so I'll keep a little PG, you yeah. know? So getting, getting that through that college life, right? Uh, right? How do you keep those distractions just off to the side and you keep your focus, but also making sure that you do have still a little bit of fun, right? You don't want to be cooped up all the time. How do you separate that and realize that, okay, I've had enough fun, done with this, back to what I got to do to accomplish my goals? You know, it's really good to have a like a really good balance of everything. You don't always want to overdo basketball to a point where you don't want to do it anymore. And you also don't want to overdo partying because you can lose sight of, you know, what's at task. But I would say, you know, just my mentors and like my dad, my mom, and even my older brother, you know, they just, they've, they really caved the path for me. Um, you know, my dad's taught me a lot from his experiences and my older brother, I mean, he's in college as well, and he's taught me and, like, told me, you know, just stay on my grind and stay out of the way, and that's what I've been doing. And, you know, for you, it's like that temptation. I really think so much about temptation, especially, yeah. again, we talked about it, social media culture, right? The TikTok, the Instagram. I see it every day. You know, I'm, I'm 31, and I'm still – I'm. Swiping through, right? right? Yeah, swiping yeah, through, yeah. and I'm like, "Wow, that's so cool!" You know what I mean? You see something yeah. awesome happen. You see some of the NBA players; they're going out sometimes, not always doing the right things, but they're flashing their jewelry. Right? They're out in the club. They're looking good. You see yeah. the kicks. Although I think we got real good kicks on today. Yeah, I think we do. We yeah, do. between the two of us, so we stepped up there. Yeah. But you see all that, and for you, in the back of your head, you have a great support team that's like, "Listen, Rody, you got to stay on the right task. This might be cool." You know, yeah. this might be cool, but this isn't everything. Yeah. It's not about this. It's about your goals. It's about your focus. It's about proving to the world that you are not built like everybody else. Right. You are built differently. And that, to me, is the most important thing. And for you to have such an understanding of that as, at such a young man is something that is, is I can't even express to you how incredible it is because I've ran into so many people. I've, I've brought on and hired so many people that were in your boat that just went down a different path, man. Thank you. And I just think that's just a cool, cool testament to you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. So I want to I tap into your mind a little bit, okay? okay? I want to tap in. I got a couple it. of highlights here, okay? Right. Now, what I want you to, to try to explain is you're making these decisions in a split second. All right. And those are the six hours a day. And some people, people always tell me, oh, it's hard to make decisions. I always tell them it's not hard to make decisions. You're just worried about the consequences. Making decisions is not hard, right? right? You know what you want to do. But what you start doing is, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And I believe any strong athlete doesn't have that. They're just like, time to make a decision, time to make it fast. Could be wrong, right? Or could be right. Yeah, it could be right. So how, sure. do you, how do you make those decisions so fast before we get into this a little bit? Just knowing, you know, the work that I've done, you know, knowing that I know where people are going to be in spots. And it's always like a read. You know, it's a read before you make a play, you know. Just scanning the floor is what we've been told in the gym, you know. Like I said, Teddy Wheeler, I mean, he's a trainer back home. His son played at Kentucky. Now he's 
actually committed to Washington. Congrats, Xavier. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's just a mind of the game. He knows so much basketball. And being in the gym with him every single day is something that, like, I just installed in my head. And I know where people are going to be without without them moving it. And it's just on certain things. And you just start to know basketball and you start to learn it more. And so it's just it's really just playing basketball. The more you the more you do, the more you get from it. So I have a few clips here. These are uh, highlights at uh, 2022. It's okay. it's it's called most underrated guard in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Most underrated guard in Texas. And I I love that because it stays true to what you said, which is like people have been doubting you forever. It doesn't bother you at all because right. you know what you're made of. You know what you're built for. Right. So I just want to walk through some of these some of these decisions and how you're making them, how fast you're making them. Okay. Let's do it. So the one that I like, there's this step back, like right at the start of it, <laughs> that yeah. I love. So here I'm gonna play it a little bit up here. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That move right there. Okay. How many times you practice that move? All the time. All now, the time. Now, when did you start to be able to pull that shot off like that? I would say almost seventh grade. Wow. Honestly. Like like <laughs> wow. seventh grade for sure. <laughs> I still can't do it by myself practicing. You know what I'm saying? With yeah. nobody guarding me, anything of that nature. Funny. You're pulling up from three, right? You're pulling up deep yeah. from three on a shot like that. Your defenders turned around the entire way through. Yeah. How have you taken that and moved it into the, the college level? Because now it's a different level of competition, I assume. Yeah, so how do sure. you how do you still pull off those same moves? But now you got to do them a second faster, a second right. quicker. Yeah. How does that work? I would say, I mean, I still do the same moves in college. You just got to master things. You know, mastering things helps you along the way. Um, but in college, you know, everything has to be more quicker, stronger, and more fluid. Like, I can't mess up on any dribble or it's done, you know, so it has to be perfect. But um, I would say in college, everything just has to be quicker and, you know, Perfection is the key. Is that the biggest difference between going from the high school side into the college side of it? Is it just more of like they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, right. they're better coached? Is, what's the biggest difference? It's all of the above, honestly. It really is. And, um, you know, everybody's D1. Everybody was the best player at their high school. Mm. And now they're, you know, in, on the same team in college. So everybody was the best player from where they're from, you know? And that's, that's probably the biggest thing. So you go in there and, like you said, you, you have to keep that humble mentality, but – they also need to know it's that it factor. You talked about that, right. Kobe. You don't go in scared, no, right? Never, no, you can't. Never. You know, you can't go in scared. You can't. So how do you, you stepping up to that plate, right? Walking through that journey of stepping up, where it's like, okay, these guys are good, yeah, but I'm better. I feel like I always just wanted to prove myself when I step on the court. Like I see a five star, or maybe we're in college and he's like the highest ranked mid major player. I just want to go at him. I want to guard him. <laughs> I, we want. I want to win that game. I want to make sure that we prove that we're better than them. That's the biggest thing. So part of basketball, obviously, there's losses that come with basketball, right? right? I'm sure you haven't won every single game, right? And I think that's part of life. You don't win every single day, unfortunately, as much mm -hmm. as you want to win every day. But for me, it's about waking up that next day and, and beating the hell out of the day before, right? You know, because that's the type of human being that I'm. I am. I, I know that yesterday is yesterday, and today is today. Right. For you and your team, especially. When you go into a locker room after a tough loss, and and I remember in high school, I played a little bit, just Jay, nothing crazy, right? right? But I remember going in, it still sucked. Like, you have to look at the coach, looked at my teammates. I'm trying to, like, pop them up a little bit. Hey, what's going on for everything good? Yeah. And you have to look at everybody's eyes. You as a leader, right? You as that person that has mm -hmm. that mentality and that mindset. How do you bounce back, and what do you tell the other guys walking into that locker room? You know, everything will be okay. One game at a time. I mean, you know, it's okay to lose sometimes because it's a lesson. You know, losing his lesson. Um, we watched we watched that Bucks Miami series that just happened. You know, and Giannis got asked by a re by a reporter 
if uh, the season was a failure and Giannis gave such a good, I don't know if you the saw promotion. it. Promotion. Yeah. yeah. He was like, you know, every season's not a failure if you lose. You know, MJ played 15 seasons and won six championships. So does that mean the nine other were failures? And that's what Giannis said. And that was something that I have to process myself because I'm I'm really hard on myself and I, I get so mad at myself. I get upset with myself. And I think I, I've been doing a better job of maturing with that. But, you know, walking to the locker room after a loss is very hard. But it's something that you just got to, Go to the next day, like you said, you gotta wake up the next morning. It's a new day, and you gotta approach the next game. And you know, the other thing is the coach, right? Right. Yeah. Having that conversation with the coach, because that that coach needs you to step up, right? And you know, that's what I tell as as a leader. Uh, we have two hundred employees now, yeah. and that means they count on me every single day to wake up. Right. That means every single day they count on me to be as great as I can possibly be, and I I don't take that lightly, and I take that as like, hey, I am a coach for a lot of these people. And so a lot of them that I've built strong relationships with, they don't want to let me down, right. you know, yeah. but I also have to hold them super accountable. So for you with your coaches, how have you built relationships so quickly with them? And what do you think is an important piece? Because you see it on, again, back to social media, not to make it about that, but you've, I've seen some players be so disrespectful to their coaches and I'm like, God, I don't, that's just something to me that's so unacceptable. Right. So for you building that relationship with the coach, why is it so important? I have a lot of respect for my coaches. I mean, just from their background, what they've done in their life, you can't you can't disrespect them, you know? I mean, they've gotten to where they are because of their grind, and I respect I respect anybody's grind. And, um, you know, uh, another thing that comes from the coaches is the competitiveness. Like, we don't – no one loves to lose, you know, but we want to win more. Like, and I just – you know, Coach Earl, he's a great coach, and he's competitive, and no matter what he does. I, I remember we were playing bowling uh, – we were bowling – like two days ago, and we were playing ping pong, and he's like screaming, getting <laughs> hot, getting sweaty while we're playing. I'm like, chill out, it's all right, you know. But that's just the type of person he is. Why do you think he has to have that mentality all the time? You have to, you have to, as a coach, you know, as a head coach at a D1 program. I mean, you got to have some some competitiveness in your body, you know, to approach every game, to approach every practice, every workout. It, everything matters. It's it's it is a listen. It, people don't understand sometimes how difficult that can be. Uh, something I focus on too, like there's, and you know, this guy knows behind the camera here. Like I'll wake up sometimes intentionally. I'll set my alarm for about two thirty in the morning, mm. just to send out an email, just send out a text message because I want them to know that I'm here. You know, I want them to know that no matter how hard you're gonna work, I will outwork you. Right. And and it's not because I want to outwork you; it's because I want to make you better. And there's such a disconnect nowadays where sometimes a coach is coming at the athlete right? right and you see parents who are oh what are you doing that's my son that's my daughter how are you talking to them that way right. now for you i'm sure you've been roasted by your coaches before <laughs> yeah how, how do you take that i think i take it i think i take coaching i feel like i'm a very coachable person and I could take the yelling. I could take the screaming. I've had some of the craziest coaches, uh, Coach Harrison. <laughs> but I, I've had some of the craziest coaches for real. And um, and I've also had some of the coolest coaches, nice coaches. You know, so I think having that balance of the two, I mean, I'm good no matter what. You can yell at me as long as you want. I mean, it's going to be the same same attitude with me. And you could be the nicest to me. It's going to be the same attitude. I'm, you know, it's funny. I tell people. So, I'm, again, I'm first generation. My parents are Middle Eastern. Mom, I love you. But I tell people this all the time. I've been roasted by my coaches. I've been yeah. roasted by people in life. 
you're not going to yell at me worse than my mom yelled at me, okay? So I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get in more trouble than I was when I was little uh, with my brother Yeah, my dad. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you're not going to bother me with this, and I know they're coming from a good place. Yeah, exactly. And and so with with you having, you know, your parents, I'll put dad on the spot a little here. I know he can't defend himself here. I'm sorry, (laughs) dad, uh, on this one. But for you, right, you have your dad influencing on that side of it. How was your dad when the coaches were coming at you? Was he more of like, hey, you got to step up, or was he more of like sheltering? It was definitely of a like um, a supporting cast for sure, but also you have to step up. You know, he has a good balance of knowing how to talk to me, and you know, for eighteen, nineteen of my years of my life, he's known how to do that. But just being there for me and telling me it's gonna be all right, and you know, I gotta keep working. And then he'll be like, "All right, but you gotta do better. Like you gotta, you can't go in there and you know mess up. You gotta play your game." And you know, it's pushing those buttons. All I right. think that people, when they get to, I think the best coaches are the ones. That they know you so well. People don't understand. If somebody pushes your buttons, it's because you have so much love and respect for that person that it bothers you when they give you certain advice or feedback because you don't want to let them down. That is such an important factor with your journey and growing and getting to the next level. So for you now, what do you have your eyes set on? What's what's kind of that next goal for you? I know it's one day at a time, but like long-term vision. You're looking in, trying to see the future, trying to predict, trying to map out your life. Brody wakes up. How long? How long in the future are we talking about? Let's go three to five years. Three to five years. For the next three years, you know, I want to play high-level basketball. I really want. I really do. I want to become. Say it. I want to become just the best me. I would say the best me. Um, and I want to play in the next five years. I want to be a professional basketball player for sure. I, I love that so much, man. And the journey along the way, I mean, I, you just so you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about you, who you were. I've done a lot of research. Huh. I want you to know you've gained a fan. Just <laughs> Thank on, you. I'm, Thank I'm being honest, man. Just based on who you are as a human being, it's it's incredible for me to be able to sit in front of you right now and just have this conversation yeah. and look into the eyes of another winner, yeah. um, especially you as such a young man. And my my mentor taught me. He said, "Listen." Um, I would always try to like, oh, okay, I want to make impacts here, impacts here. I want people to like me. He said, stop, stop worrying about that. He said, John, every day all you got to do is focus on one thing. Make one good impact a day. And he said, by the time you look back on your life one day, you're going to have so many supporters of John Haddad all because you wanted to make one impact a day on somebody. Hey, that's, that's, that's a good one right there. Yeah, well, And that's what you're doing right now, man. Just the way you carry yourself is, is you. very, very impressive. And Thank I you. hope you never, ever lose sight of that uh, because it'll make you just an incredible person across the board, which you already are. Man. Thank you. Thank of you. Of course. Very much. So you want to make it pro, right? You yes, want to you want to make it to the league and that journey to get there. What are you learning now that you maybe didn't know as much in high school versus now in college about, OK, wait a second to get to this next level? What extra is required of you? Everything. It takes everything, you know, countless hours in the gym, um, countless hours in the weight room and just playing basketball. Playing basketball is the most important thing, you know. I mean, that's how you get to that level. And, you know, in games you have to put up numbers and you have to, you know, you have to be one of the best players on the court if you want to go play pro. So we're we're wrapping up here. We're coming up on, on the time. And mm-hmm. I usually always end it. And I usually always say, I usually get a picture of somebody when they were like 18 and I always ask them, you know, to walk me through what you would say to your 18-year-old self. Now, for you, 18 was a year ago, so yeah. I'm not going to do that, okay? Right. So for you, I, I'd like to talk a little bit. You talked about the journey with your your older brother, right, pushing yeah. you, going yeah. through that. And you were talking about playing in the yard. And yeah. I think you said, what, sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah. right? So that's what is that, 14-year-old you, 13, 14-year-old yeah, you, right? Yeah, something around so, there. So let's just say one day Brody's back in Houston, and he's walking through a neighborhood, and all of a sudden he sees a young 13, 14 himself. 
and he sees him playing against his brother in the yard. And you get to go say a couple of words to that young man. What are you going to go tell him? Just enjoy that moment. I mean, those moments are in the back of my head forever. I mean, I, I would never... I will never forget about any of those things. And I didn't realize how important they were. And I didn't realize how much I really loved it, you know. And that's carried you into today. Yeah, for sure. Brody, listen, man, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you uh, for, for our viewers. Uh, this is an incredible human being. This is an incredible young man. And for those of you out there, just ask yourself one question. Are you willing to do everything that it takes to get what you want out of life? Because this young man right here, is willing to sacrifice and do all of that for his journey. And for that reason, I'm incredibly grateful. Thank you, sir, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank I you. hope you all have an incredible day. This is another episode of the Early Birds Podcast. Take care.